There's 10 categories in biblical worldview, and all worldviews, doesn't matter what you look at in the world, as you wake up in the morning and as you start to go about your day, everything that you do fits into one of the 10 categories. And today we're going to look at psychology specifically. We're going to look at that mind, the mind, the soul. We're going to look about who and how God has made us and how that all works. If you are a teacher here, or you are an adult, or an administrator, or you're working with students, just let me tell you this. In this world that we're living in, it's going crazy. It's getting crazy, right? And sometimes my wife and I have this conversation, are these people out of their mind? Like, are, are they out of their mind? Well, let me tell you, I, let me just tell you something. Don't give up hope. If you're an educator, don't give up hope. You just keep doing what you're doing, right? We keep doing that. My kids are in their 30s now. I just keep talking to them. I keep telling them. I keep teaching them. I got nine grandkids, two more coming. I just keep pounding away. And when they're talking, when I'm talking to grandkids, and they're, they got a ball, and usually when they kick up the ball, they're usually throwing it at something or at someone. And I'm like, are they even listening to me? You just keep talking. You just keep pounding away, and you keep telling them about the Word of God and how to do things and how God sees the world. You just keep pounding away. 
it's over in the United States. It's not over. It is not over. It's not over until Jesus says it's over. And he is going to come again, and then it will be over from that standpoint. But he just keeps on away. Because we've heard Joseph say this, practice makes perfect. And you know it does. <laughs> Believe me, I practice a lot. I saw a lot of basketball when I was in high school. It didn't make perfect. Practice makes plenty. And so when you are working with kids, adults, practice makes permanent. You keep going through the Word of God, and it will become permanent in their mind. Whether they're bouncing a ball or throwing it at you or whatever they're doing, you just keep pounding away. Don't give up because it's not over. It's not over, folks. We're going to continue on. So a biblical worldview is the way that God has taught us in his word to view the world. We all know that, and I know that's part of your mission, the biblical worldview. But it's how God has taught us. It's the way God's taught us in his word to view the world. I did not have a, a biblical worldview. I, I thought I did, but I did not have a biblical worldview. When I told you that one time, one of buddy came in to me, and he said, Dan, I watched how you're raising your kids. And he goes, I don't think you read your Bible. And I was like, I can't believe you're telling me I'm not reading my Bible. But he was right. I wasn't reading it at all. But he said, I said, why do you say you don't think I'm reading my Bible? Because I watch how you raise your kids. I watch how you discipline your kids. Everything you're using is basically a behavioristic approach. It's just behavior. You're just trying to change behavior of your kids. You're not teaching them. You're not training them. This is just behavior. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, read, read Proverbs. Read the Psalms. Read your Bible. It tells you about how to train kids. It's not just behavior. It's not just getting them to do what you want them to do. But I was trained in a psychological way, and that's what you did. So if, if you want a biblical world, you got to read the Bible. That's why the Bible begins with Genesis 1 1. The Bible didn't start with John 3 16, right? It starts with Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created heaven's earth. That's how it starts. That's why you never go to a football game, you never see this. Genesis 1 1! <laughs> They're standing there going, Genesis 1 1! Don't put Genesis 1 1 up there. In the beginning, God created the heavens. What do you like? That dude's weird. That dude's lost it, right? You don't see Genesis 1 1. You see John 3 16. God so loved the world. Yeah, our favorite verse. There's more verses before John 3 16. Just letting you know that. Okay? That's what I used to think. Oh, this is about this New Testament. I'm a New Testament guy. Mm, better be an Old Testament guy. The biblical world is established when your thinking and your actions align with the word of God. If you look at Colossians 2, this may be something to go back and read. In Colossians 2, 1 through 3, actually uh, 2 through 11, this is where you are going. But Colossians 2, when you read that, it says, Paul says, all the mysteries, all the mysteries are hidden, the wisdom and knowledge are hidden in the mystery of God. The may says, you know what the mystery of God is? Jesus Christ. The mystery of God, all wisdom, it says, all wisdom and knowledge is in Jesus Christ. That's the authority. And then he goes on and says, don't be taken captive by the things of this world, and let your thinking of the mind be wrong. Okay? Don't let the thinking of your mind be wrong. How many of you have been held at gunpoint? You've been held at gunpoint. Raise your hand if someone came up to you and put a gun to your head and, and said, give me all your money or have you do this. Anybody, raise your hand. 
yeah, these people have been millions of times. Well, not millions. My mom always said, I've told you a million times that you better. <laughs> a million times you can't exaggerate. Okay. I've done this several times. And every time I've done three man, you're really held against one person. One guy. This summer at an FBA camp. I, I tell you, I, I tell you, kids, kids, raise your hand. All the other kids are like, <laughs> they're all like, what happened? I'm like, don't tell me right now. Tell me afterwards. Afterwards, I went up to him and said, what happened? It was over a $20 drug deal. He said, I wasn't going to pay 20 bucks for this bag of dope. And he said, the guy pulled out a gun and took it to my head. He goes, I paid him. That's the only guy. There's only one other guy that in real life I've met that I was a part of that. And that was a guy that worked at our school. And we had uh, a, a house that we leased, and we had four international boys that stayed with this guy. And the guy went to the school to pick up one of the boys at a, a debate tournament was over. He went to pick him up, brought him home 10.30 at night. My, this guy was five, this is five, five blocks from my house in Houston. This guy pulls up in the driveway with the student. 10.30 at night, it's dark, shuts off the car in the driveway, opens up the door, dude puts a gun to his head. And says, get out of the car. And my friend, because this never happens to us, it doesn't happen to us that you know we get held up or not. My buddy took the gun, took his hand, took the gun, and pushed it away from his head and said, not at all. And the guy like put the gun back to his head and said, get out of the car. He was held captive without his will. He stole his car, tried to run him over, tried to run the kid over. I go over there, he's in Houston, please don't respond. So I showed up, talked to him, talked to him for a week, finally showed up. But he was held captive. Paul says in Colossians, don't be taken captive. He's not talking about a gun to your head. He's saying, don't be taken captive, don't be taken captive in your mind. And so that's why psychology is important, because there's a lot of Junk out there that's not true in this area. And so we're going to try to clear that up in our mind today. So here's the overview. We're going to look at the three competing views, worldviews of psychology. There's lots of them, but some of them are so far out there, we're not even going to get into it because we literally would say, those people are crazy. Okay? We're going to look at the biblical view of human nature, who we are. We're going to take a look at biblical counseling versus secular counseling. We're going to take a look at the differences between scripture and psychology. And then we're going to take a look at the difference between self-image and biblical image. We're not going to have enough time today, but in an expanded view of this presentation, I go into the six myths of psychological counseling. The six myths. And I go through all the ways that secular counseling does not work. And it's proven that it does not work. Biblical counseling works. This psychobabble stuff, the secular counseling does not work. Guys, go to my church a couple weeks ago, walked up, big dude, all tattooed up, tattooed here, tattooed all in his arms, big dude. He's got a great big thick Bible. Like, it looks like it's been soaked in water. I mean, that thing is like thick. Like, you know how big you used to make that? I'm like, I got to meet that dude. I walk over there and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And then Dan starts talking. I say, hey, how's it going? And so we start talking. It's like, well, I go, holy story. It's like, it's like, 
I mean, who, who we got to talking? I mean, that's like student girlfriends, whole nine yards, did eight years in jail. And he was totally free. He was totally free. And he said the only way he reformed, he said, I saw all that psycho babble in the jail, all these guys talking about it. He goes, there's only one way that I was that I was converted. The only way that I could get out of there, the only way that God could change my mind was through his word. He said, guys, there's gospel with me. He goes, I was converted. He goes, I've read that thing through so many times. He goes, totally changed my life, totally changed my thinking, totally changed my mind. So here he is going from holding his girlfriend captive, trying to shoot her, to being held captive and not being taken captive and being taken captive by the word of God. That's how God changes life. That's what he does. God can use anything to do it. If you have those. But these are the things we're going to look at today. So psychology is the study of the soul, mind, and spirit. And in every category of the worldview, you have to answer some key questions. In the overview session that I do on ten categories, there's two questions for everything. Like in your biology, you have to answer the question, what about life? What about life? Where did it start? Where did it end? Where did I come from? All of it. Well, the key question in psychology is, what about human nature? What about human nature? Sometimes when I do these in the school, I'll take a piece of paper and I'll put a $20 bill inside the paper and I'll crumple it up and I lay it on the floor and all the kids will come in and usually none of the kids pick up that trash. You know who usually picks up the trash? The principal. Right? You know why the principal is the principal? Because <clears throat> he picks up the trash. It's not he's the principal so he picks up the trash. He's the principal because he picks up trash. He does things and he moves up. And that's why he does that. But human nature is, nobody can pick that up. It's not my deal. It's not my problem. Now I lay a $20 bill there. Outside the paper, guess how many people pick that up? <laughs> they all pick that up. Guess how many of them want to turn it back in? <laughs> not very many. Because you know what? It's not an empire. It doesn't have a name on it, right? Well, that's the Secretary of Treasury on that, right? It doesn't have a name on it. So the key question is what about human nature? Here's the question. Here's, here's the real question Are we good or bad people? Are we good or bad? That's the real question. Are we good or are we bad? Okay. Psychology is the study of the mind or soul. Okay? The study of the mind or the soul. That's what we're going to look at today. So, no worldview other than Christianity has true insight into spiritual and mental wealth. There's no other worldview that can figure this out. True insight into spiritual and mental wealth. Pick any other worldview. And it, it can't it can't explain it, right? Reincarnation. Some worldviews believe in world reincarnation. The last thing I want to do is come back into that. Worse yet, cat. Mouse? Horse? Come on. Are you kidding me? In the earlier life, I was a dog. <laughs> You got a bigger problem than that. You know what I'm saying? Christianity, we can we can solve this, right? Because here's the ultimately in your worldview, if you don't know how, 
If you know where the finish line is, why are you running? You know, every world you have to say, what is the finish? What is the end? And if you don't know what the end is, why are you even running? Like, who's going to get in a race and go, oh, I'm going to run this race? Like, I start tracking. We get up there, we get ready for the mile. Everybody lines up for the mile. I say, okay, ladies, 12 times around today. Here we go, 12 times. You start running, turn left, turn left, tell you finish line. There's 12 times. And right away, they're like, no, 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 no. Four times. It's the mile. Look, they're easily ready to correct me because they know where the finish line is. If you don't know where the finish line is, you need to read your Bible and figure out where the finish line is. Christianity and psychology are compatible. Oh, Christianity and psychology, people say they're not, they're not compatible. They're compatible because the worldview of biblical Christianity contains the psychology of the mind. It contains the study of the mind. The Bible tells us about studying our mind. Okay? It tells us about the mind. It tells what the mind can do, what it can't do. Right? So if you just think the best you can be, be the best you can be, think hard on it, and you imagine it, you'll be the best you can be. Well, I tried that on the SAT, and that did not work. I got the 800. You get 400 if you put your name on the test. No, I'm just kidding. But you you can't just think it and it's going to happen. So do we, here's a question about, we're going to clear this one out, but at least you'll know where it's at. Do we have two parts? Do we have a body and then a soul, spirit, together? So do we have a body and a soul, spirit? Or do we have three parts? We have a body, and then there's our soul, and then there's our spirit. Good question, right? Let's try to clear that up. The dichotomy, the two-part view, is that we, the first part is that man has a united body and a spirit, and that's our soul. That's the two-part, that's one of the two-part views, okay? So we have a body, and we have a spirit. And that together equals our soul. That's one view. The second view is that the spirit and the soul are the same thing, and this has two different names. So in other words, we have a body, and then we have a soul spirit. It's together. Okay? That's the two-part. Those are the two-part views. Then there's the three-part view, right? And those who believe that scripture teaches that man is a trichotomy, they see man comprised of three distinct parts, and that's the body, the soul, and the spirit. Okay? Now, regardless of whether you're a Christian, whether you believe it's dichotomy or trichotomy, we can unitedly praise God and say that I praise you because I'm physically and wonderfully made. Your works are full of wonderful, and I know that full well. So, you might believe two part, you might believe three part. It's not what that's divided in. It's not a big deal. We're not going to split hairs over that deal. Okay? The psychology about what about human nature, we're going to look at secular humanism, we're going to look at Marxist Leninism, and then we're going to look at the biblical Christianity and biblical worldview psychology. Okay? So, stick with me here. Andy, you're going to take all those notes, you're going to throw that thing up. Okay, so secular human 
Secular humanism believes in, in the area of psychology of self-actualization. And we're going to, I'll explain that out a little bit. That's pretty big word, self-actualization. In other words, you can do this yourself, and you're going to get to that point. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. The Marxist-Leninism is all behaviorism. It's just behavior. It's all nature. It's all behavior. We respond to our environment, stimulus. And then biblical Christianity, biblical Christianity believes that we have a mind, because that's where you're writing stuff down. You have a mind, there's stuff that's going in your brain right now that's buzzing around in there, and then you write stuff down. Just think about this. You can understand the words I say. Is that weird? Like, I go to a different country, and they say words on my back. I just don't understand what they're saying. I can't understand it. We have a mind, and then we have a body, right? Both of those are fallen. My mind is fallen. I can do some sleight of hand tricks, and you'd be like, how did you do that? And then our body's fallen. That's why you have to get up in the morning and have to, like, brush your teeth, because your teeth smell really bad, your breath smells bad. You have to do something with your hair, you have to wash your body, right? It's called the second law of thermodynamics. Everything's going downhill, right? Just look at me. Going downhill, right? That's what we're doing. Second law of thermodynamics. Everything you do. Pour that concrete out there today. Guess what? One year, it's going to be crap. It's just all that sun's going to be on there. Second law of thermodynamics. It's all going downhill, right? And so that's why we need somebody to fix this problem for us because we can't fix it. Secular humanism believes in self-actualization. They believe, if you're a secular humanist, and this is where I sat for a long time, 30-some years, personal God is in there. You can't believe in a personal God. A lot of times they say they're atheists. They're not atheists. Atheists believe there's no God. They're agnostic. They're agnostic. They, they, they basically believe, eh, there's probably a God in some weird way. Because you can't just go outside and look around and go, oh, wow, you can't sit there and go, you have to know that somebody created something, but they just don't know who it is. They believe that man is a product of millions, I'll say it real slow so it sounds real smart, millions and millions of years ago. You say it real slow, it sounds really smart, right? So man is a product of those millions of years of evolution. They believe that there's no supernatural in this world. That's what secular humans believe. There's no room for that secular, that, that supernatural stuff. They don't, there's no miracles. There's nothing that can happen supernaturally. God couldn't have created it in, in seven days. Only the material things is what they believe. They believe in the brain, that there's this environmental stimuli, and that we respond to that stimuli. We walk into a gym, it's cold. Oh, my God, it's fun. I got to blow it. It's cold, right? We just respond, right, to the stimuli. Behaviorism is all thoughts. Or personality are byproducts of physical interactions of the brain. So it's just behavior that all our thoughts, our personality, it's all byproducts of this physical interaction. So we are what we are because of just all this natural interaction that we have. The environment, all of that stuff, right? So here's the problem when you get to the LGBT actually the LGB versus the transgender. 
because the LGBT says, I'm gay. I was born this way, my mom, I'm gay, right? The transgender says, I'm in the wrong box. So you got one that's just all body, you got the other that's in their mind. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a man, I'm a woman. I can look at you like you, you, you're not a man, you're, you're a woman. No, 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 in my mind. So they believe it's all in the mind. Then you got the other guy that's born in the wrong body. They should, they shouldn't even be playing LGBT together. These people should be fighting against each other because they believe two different areas the two different areas of psychology. It's a little weird. But self-actualization was with Maslow, and then he's been in he went to a educational program, university. Man is basically good. Man is basically good. Okay? I have nine grandkids, I'm pretty sure men are suffering. Two more that are coming, they won't be good. Okay? As far as I know, we just don't have any intrinsic instinct for evil. So Matthew says, he's being taught all over the university. I have no propensity to do bad things. I have no bad things. I don't want to do any bad things. That's what Matthew says. Well, that's called self-actualization in regards to a person needs to get in touch with their inherent goodness. The problem is, you just don't know your goodness. You need to self-actualize and know that you're good. Once you know that, all your problems will be solved. Then you will be healthy. Once the lower needs, the physiological, the safety, the social, ego, are met, self-actualization, then they can be declared mentally healthy. That's where they're at. So if you just think about it a little bit, once you realize it, that you're good, you're good. So here's what he has, here's what he put together. He said, here's these needs, you have physiological needs, you have every person needs air, water, food, sleep, clothing, then safety, personal safety, then loving, warmth, friendship, then esteem, you have to have respect, self-esteem, and then self-actualization, you have to desire to become the most that you can be. I was a principal in the public schools. I remember they came in and they're like, okay, based on all the research, we need to put mirrors. We need to put these full-length mirrors up everywhere around the school. We're going to put them in the hallway. We're going to put them in the, because we built a new school. We're going to put them up in the bathrooms because middle school kids have a self-esteem problem. And they need to see themselves as good. Imagine. Basically, they need to self-actualize. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Romans 12, don't think any higher of yourself than you are. Don't think any higher than We don't have a self-esteem problem. We all think we're good. We're good, right? We're all good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Everybody thinks we're good. Yet, we're not good. Right? Those professional athletes come out there, they're like high-fiving, going out of the locker room. Kobe Bryant, hey, sunlight, 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 sunlight basketball. Kobe Bryant, never thinks he's good. I watched him do that. He's like, he's too good. Because everybody's good. Self-actualization. Here's what happens, though. Here's a response to a mass shooting based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The secular humanistic view of psychology. So you have a mass shooting. Just turn on the TV, there's this mass shooting. Somebody gets all shot up. Somebody goes to the grocery store, just a whole bunch of stuff. Just a whole bunch of people up. Here is a psychological, here's, here's secular psychology that says this. That guy had a bad upbringing. 
He didn't have enough opportunities and scholarships. He was bullied as a kid. He didn't have a father at home. His shoes were too tight as a kid. Right? That's that's what they're on the news. Oh, we've got a, they're, they're searching out why he had these problems. They're going into his Facebook account, Instagram, Twitter, and they're trying to find out why was this guy, why do you do all these problems? Why do you do this? Why do you do this? Because this is really weird for somebody to do that because people are basically good, right? Did you see this deal? Where I was on the news, like in some family was in Disneyland or something down in Florida, and the little kid like got away off of the resort, got like too close to some of the water or something, and an alligator ate the kid, right? And on the news, they're like, I can't believe an alligator ate that kid. Can you believe an alligator? That's what alligators do. They eat kids. Bears, I like to go fly fishing. I carry a personal handgun with me. It can knock a bear down. Because you know what bears do? They eat guys like me. Skinny little guys, not to get a lot off the bones, but they eat guys. That's what people do. They do bad things. But the psychology is, oh, he was bullied as a kid. The secular humanist response, we need more parenting classes. We need more opportunities and scholarships. We need an anti-bullying campaign. We need more fathers. We need shoes that aren't so tight. Sounds silly, right? But that's what they said. Just listen to the news. Next time it happens, it'll happen again, and you just listen. Listen to the response of Tom Kitty. I just think it's hilarious. I think that's just idiots. Well, so be it. It's their world. I was an idiot. That was a view I had. Man, we need to stop this. We need to put mirrors up. We got a self-esteem problem. I'm like, put those mirrors up. Yeah, we need to do that. The ultimate humanistic fix is. We need to ban guns. We need to take all the guns away from every gun. You wait, there'll be another one. Guess what they'll say? This is it. We're gonna. Our country just presented like they just like they just put together somebody who's now the what? The czar for anti-gun, anti-violence, or some gun thing, right? Like, are you kidding me? People are going to do bad things. It's not good. What about a knife club? Let's have a, a jar for a knife, you know? How about butter knife? People are going to go for butter knife all the time. Right? Cars. Trees. The number one killer of trees. Car accidents. Go look it up. Number one killer, trees. People pass out, run into a tree guy. They lose control, they hit a tree. They push you, cut all the trees down. You think I'm kidding? Go look up the numbers. We should be banning trees. Save our trees. Save our people. Okay. Here's the Christian response. Christian response is that behavior, that guy going in there and shooting up all those people, that's exactly what it's been. You'll never hear that on the news. That guy's a bad person. He's a bad person. Wasn't a shooting, he's a bad person. Did bad things. That person be should be it should say hell. That should that person should be held. Personally responsible. They should be held personally responsible for the crime that they commit. They should be punished for that crime. And those guys know that they're going to be punished for the crimes. You know what most of them do? You know what most of them do when they do those? They kill themselves. 
Because in their mind, they know they're going to get punished. Not in America anymore. Probably not going to get punished. You probably ended up getting away. You get 18 months, you're out. Little statistics. But when they, if you look, oh, this is bad. Guilt. I do bad things. They weren't going to kill themselves. They still shoot themselves right there. And with all that bad news, Christian sponsors, there's good news. They say, Jesus, put them in jail. They should be locked up. Somebody's going to go in there and share the gospel with them. They're going to get saved, and they will be reformed. Behavior, Marxist Leninism, is behaviorism. Behaviorism emphasizes how people interact with their environment. It's all environment. We're just, we're just, there's just, it's all nature. Don't worry about the mind. Behaviorism ignores the spirituality of man. Behavior is shaped by environmental factors, rewards, and punishments. And I'm not saying there's not a need for this when you're raising kids, because there is, there's, there's rewards for me doing good things, right? I do good things, I go to work, I get rewards for that. I do bad things, probably gonna get rewards for that too. Just rather than a cognitive process. The process by which this behavior is formed is known as conditioning. In other words, we're going to condition you to do something. So when I was a principal, we had a bunch of kids in our school, and they were labeled behavior disorders. In other words, their behavior was so out of whack that they had a label on them, that they were behavior disorders. So we didn't know what to do with them. So I went through the Boys Town model and trained Boys Town model of It's all, Boys Town model, if you in, in Boys Town, it's all behaviorism. They're, all they're doing is they're trying to change your behavior on a permanent basis. So it's just constant, 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 constant. The problem is it doesn't work, right? So kids would come into my office, they'd have to sit with me, and I had a process, a process. They would sit with their hands on their knees, they had to sit up straight, they had to look me right in the eye. If they looked away, I had to bring them back. If they took their hands off their knees, I made them put their hands back on their knees. It was all behaviorism, because I was going to get to a point where we're going to solve this problem. Well, one day I had a kid in my office, I knew him for two hours. He got sent to my office. I used him this method. So I sit with his hands on his knees. I look at me. I sit up straight. All that stuff. Look, two hours. He will not comply with me just to do those things. Noon. Noon hits. Bell rings. That's one spell. Man, that kid sits up, sits his hands on his knees, looks right at me. He says, I'm ready to make an apology to the teacher. I'm so long. I get in the middle of the I'm ready to go. I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on? It's all behavior. It's all behavior. He really wasn't sorry. He just wanted to go to lunch. Doesn't work. Oh, works fine. Makes my life easier. It doesn't change him at all. Biblical Christianity, the existence of the supernatural, including consciousness. Do you know that we're conscious right now? We're all awake. Right? I think we're all awake. I think we're all awake. Okay? Humans have both material, we have physical and immaterial aspects of us. We have a material body, we also have a spiritual part of us, right? So there are physical laws, right? If I go up on top of the ad building and I jump off, I'm going to probably break a law, right? Probably a couple bones, probably my neck. I'm going to break something, but I'm going to break the law of gravity, right? There are spiritual laws. You break spiritual laws or spiritual consequences for that. So you're the one who can put both who can put both soul and body in hell. So that's what Jesus said. He said, you're the one who put 
who can put not only your body, but also your soul in hell. So the unity of identity is the consciousness is that the same matter, what age goes beyond just the physical to the spiritual. Oh, Dan, that's a lot of words for oh God. Okay. We all have a memory, right? You have memories of things. You have those memories for a long time, right? I still think like I can do things like I'm 20 years old. But I can't. Some days I get up, I look in the mirror, and I'm like, what happened to me? Where did wrinkles come? What in the world is happening to me? I don't feel that way. I feel great. I look horrible. I do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I went in to my dermatologist. I'm like, I ain't gonna get you. I'm gonna tell you I have skin cancer and stuff. She comes in with that nitric oxide stuff, but she said, like, it'll freeze everything, it'll freeze the entire universe. She walks into that thing, and, like, I'm just like, I'm just having a look from here up, I'm just right here. So I got my shirt off. She walks in with that, and she's like, oh, that one. Oh, one on the back. I said, I got a little spot right here where they put my ID, and it's got a little bump there, and everybody's like, Stand on the corner, they got the sign out. 
I mean, these people are you think they're crazy, right? Then you talk to some of them. There's a guy in Grand Island that was homeless years ago, about 30 years ago. This guy was all big beard, wore this green army coat. You always saw him walk along the street. And you're like, you're like, you're that guy in Lane, Central, and I talk to one of my friends, and it's like, you know, he's a, he's a lawyer. The guy, that's a lawyer. And then the guy's got to talk to his brother, and his brother, they support this guy. He just lives on the street. Because something happened in his brain that they can't figure out. It's, it's an organic malfunction. You know, they do these tests on their brain and stuff, and it's just not connected. So there are some people that that happens to. It just happens. There's an organic thing that just happens. Like, all time, the matrix. Stuff just happens, and you can't, you don't know what it is. It's organic. There's nothing they can do, right? They, they forget who people are. They get angry with people. So those organic effect, uh, malfunctions affecting the brain are caused by brain damage, tumors, gene inheritance, glandular, chemical disorders. They're, they're valid in terms of mental health. They're, they're not going to work. So there's, there's nothing we can, there's nothing we can do. Unfortunately, we used to institutionalize these people all the time. Now, there's, there's different things they can do with them. But there is an organic malfunction that happens to people. Apart from organically generated difficulties, the mentally ill are just people with unresolved problems. And a lot of us have unresolved problems, right? We'll say, well, that person's got an issue. Man, they got a problem. It's a problem, okay? So I'm talking apart from the organically ones, the people that have something that's organic, physical, right? It's just people with unresolved problems. So people reject counseling because they don't want an authority. Uh, my wife and I are having some trouble. I asked her to go to counseling. She won't go to counseling. Why would she go to counseling? She doesn't want an authority. She doesn't want authority. And then people reject biblical counseling because they don't want a supreme authority. They don't want the word of God to be reigning over their life. They don't want God's authority. So they reject that completely. Okay. A behaviorist approach to solving problems is sometimes result in medication to solve the problem. Just meditate. Meditate, meditate, meditate. Because it's just the body reacting and there's no spiritual. I have a student at our school. Won't name the school. Come in breakfast every day and sit there with a couple of his buddies, usually alone. Some other kids would sometimes give him a hard time. I'd go over and sit with him for a while. Kid walks in, in my office one day and goes, hey, I talked to so-and-so, and he talked to so-and-so, and that kid's going to kill some kids today. Walk over there. Yep. Plan on killing him at lunch today. I said, okay. So, I called the kid in my office. I said, hey, how's it going? So you got, you got something going on? Something in your mind happening? Just, what are you thinking about? So um, if I would have had some relationship with him, I would have told me, I'm going to kill some kids today. Oh, really? How are you going to do that? Because I got two ball peen hammers in my locker. I'm just waiting. And he said, when lunch bell rings, he said, I'm going to be standing in my locker. And every time I come to you, I'm not going to have to kill him. Let's keep that. Okay. Well, let's walk down your walk. So I walked down to his locker, and he's sitting on the condemnation, and right when he gets to 
for the last number and pulled the thing up. I'm like, let's just get out more of the ball feet now. So right when he popped the locker open, he says, hey, let me tell you something. I just talked with him. And I said, I mean, I think I tried so many times. But I just shared with him the gospel. And I said, God has a better way. God can make this work. And uh, he just told me a whole bunch of stuff that was going on in his past. Uh, his dad had dementia. His dad was in his fifties. His dad was coming after school. He was walking to school. All the kids were leaving school. His dad was standing there, about six six, big overall, stuck out like a sore thumb. He's standing there in the hallway and yelled for his kid because he couldn't remember what his kid looked like. He goes, "Just be cool." Yeah, some days he goes, "I I get home and my dad's mad at me because I made him lunch, but my dad couldn't find it." So he said, "I started making peanut butter jelly sandwiches so I could feed him on the table."
They're called Israel group for a reason. Our choice is to really the same as Adam and Eve. We either take eat the trust God or we take the serpent to where we live. We can do that. Okay. Private might be given our skills for living. Secular psychology has no relationship for that. It offers no it offers no food. All it does is change your behavior. Change your behavior. Have a little less, you're not together, kids don't stop doing bad stuff. We just want to change your behavior. Just reward your kid more. Just do this for them. Don't punish them as much. There's no vision to keep the church. Okay. Uh, I don't have time for this one because we're going to go too long, but this is an amazing book. If you're, uh, there's a few things doctrinally that you may not agree with in regards to election and those kinds of things, but um, basically the benefits of preaching the gospel to yourself, if we stop listening to everything else on social media and we start preaching the gospel to ourselves, lots of the problems go away because we get exposed to the glory of God we become humble people. He delivers us from guilt, accelerates sanctification, helps us be thankful, increases our hope, culminates in worship. So if you start preaching the gospel yourself, all of these things will happen. Guess what? You'll be mentally healthy. You'll be mentally healthy if you do these things. Because you'll realize the world's not spinning around you. Okay, so this psychology work and reflection is biblical. So this is a book, you guys not a Christian, it's called The Shrinking. You know, in the old days, they called uh, psychologists, they called The Shrink. So you'd go to The Shrink and talk to The Shrink, right? So he wrote this book called The Shrinking of America. In other words, we're, we're sending all these people, the psychologists, who are shrinking all of them. So it's a kind of point on words, The Shrinking of America, The Mystery of uh, Psychological Change. He's not a Christian. And in his book, he says, it doesn't work. He basically says, here's the research. Doesn't work. There's not a long-term change in these people. They go to the secular counseling. This doesn't work. Biblical counseling can lead to real change. Non-biblical counseling leads to research shows. Non-biblical counseling leads to more counseling. Oh, I just love it. I love doing my counseling. They listen to me all the time. Yeah, you give me $175 now. I'll listen to you all day long. That's what they do. They listen all day long. I mean, they just keep listening. But that's what the research does. The more counseling, there's some more counseling. Doesn't lead to change problems, right? They're going to be the people that don't do counseling. So the difference between scripture and psychology is where I really want to get to. Scripture and psychology, the focus on scripture is God. These are huge. This is eye-opening for me years ago when I, when I looked at this. Psychology is mankind. God-centered mankind. Human nature, depraved nature. We say we're bad people. They say we're good people. That's the difference there. That view of values, Christians have absolute values. There's right and wrong. Psychology says growth is well, you can cheat somebody because you have bad childhood. You can, you can uh, run off from your wife because, you know, this didn't work out. It's absolute on the Christian side. Source for answers is the Bible. The source for answer is within man. You can solve these problems. And once you do, you solve half the life. You're a good person. And the methodology is the Bible deals with man in the, in the present. 
the king of the province of the past. If you go to counseling, you go to secular counseling, and they say, let's talk about your past. You need to say, let's talk about the present. Say, that's the problem. What's the problem? Well, it's not all we're going to talk about, because I usually talk about the past. I talk about all the problems you had as a kid. I talk about all the problems you had in the past. I want to talk about the present. I want to talk about what is God telling me to do as a husband. I want to know what God tells my wife to do as a wife. I need some biblical answers or this isn't going to work. That's what I'm looking for. So if you're going to counseling, go to a biblical based counseling. I mean, somebody who's literally using the Bible. Not somebody who's just, I'm a Christian counselor. I use all the secular methods because it's in the church. It's all over in the church. Okay, the difference between self image and man image myself. God's word and self image. Here's what God tells us we're to love others and say love yourselves. We say build others up. They say build yourself up clean. Look in the mirror. We say that none are righteous. They say you're dead. We say the heart is deceitful. Believe in yourself. Trust in your heart. Mm-hmm. It's probably stronger than that. Probably Taylor Swift. <coughs> so. Put others first. That's what the Bible says. Self-image is put yourself first. If you read Ecclesiastes, you'll never be perfect. <laughs> never. Be humble. Think highly of yourself. We're sinners. We're a great value. Like Walmart. Great value. Walk in the Spirit. Do what you want to do. Deny yourself. Find yourself. I found myself. I'll slide this in last week and explain it. It's really weird. Okay. Put confidence in God. Keep that confidence in yourself. Does that make sense? It's an eye opener, and it's a hard one to swallow in this area of psychology. Because we have this view, to be honest with you, praise God you're in Christian school. Because every educational experience is religion. And I can show you that in regards to the secular system. The secular system is religious. They have a doctrine for everything that they believe. Biblical Christianity has a doctrine. Biblical education has a doctrine. They all, it's religion. You're here getting a biblical view in education eight hours a day. I see all these buses. I need all these kids. I'm just going to drive by my house. I'm like, they're just going eight hours. They're just going to get secular education. It's religious. Father, we're grateful today. Thank you for helping us with this. Our minds are so amazing. The way you've wired us, how you've made us. Our bodies are amazing. Just how you feel and how you allow us to do things that we've found today. Father, help us as we continue to look at your word every day, Father. Put it deep into our minds. Don't let us be taken captive, but help us, Father, in this invisible war that's going on around us. We bless your name. Thanks for the school of Jesus. Let's go with